Marvel DC, Marvel DC, Marvel DC, 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 Marvel, 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 New Image, or Dark Horse. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Geek Chat, and welcome to the Geek Chat. The Geek Chat. Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Geek Chat regular, regular show. show. <laughs> I'm Desmond. I'm Rich. And we're your hosts for this roughly hour-long delve into comic book goodness. It might go a little longer, though. It might go a little longer because uh, we, we missed last week, so we want to apologize for that. It was my birthday, and we both had a bit of personal things to take care of. So, yes, I, I am a year older, and I was happy to spend it with friends and family. Um, he looks it, too. Oh, hush. But uh, but we're back now, uh, uh, a year wiser and uh, a year older. So, um couple announcements uh, number one we will be getting some new uh cards cards in um and a couple of more promotions for the show so if, if you want to if you want any please come by uh whatever that's where they're at or, or look around san francisco and some other places and then you can come and support uh the geek chat um another uh really quick announcement is that uh, rich and i will no longer be doing the point fives um given that we have a lot of other projects that we're working on trying to get some other things taken care of uh, for you guys so we're not we're no longer going to be doing the point five but stay tuned because we will be releasing a new show in a couple of weeks we're actually um putting together the, the logistics for that show and we hope that you guys are going to enjoy it it's a little bit more closer to um our passions uh, for comic books and and this medium okay so again no more point fives but we will uh be bringing you another show plus we're also going to be trying we're, we're trying to get together our round table so definitely stay tuned for that um we have a um we have a a topic that we think is very very uh apropos about what's around what's going on with comic books right now so please please stay tuned for that if you have any questions or comments about about these announcements please go to the facebook group it is uh, the geek chat just go to facebook uh search the group section and uh join join the join the conversations come in there and geek out with us okay um so without further ado let's get to some comics because that's the real reason reason real reason real reason real reason uh that you're here so the first book we wanted to talk about is one of the books that I always, always enjoy, and it's coming to an end, and I'm really sad about this, and this is the uh, the final issue before uh, it all ends, and that is Invincible, issue number 132. It's $2.99. It is from Image and Skybound. That's Robert Kirkman's, uh, it's his own creator-owned studio. Uh, so it's written by Robert Kirkman, uh, Corey Walker did the pencils and the inks, uh, Nathan uh, Fairbairn did the colors, and Ross Wooten was the letterer. Um, yeah, so if you if you haven't been following Invincible, you're really missing out. It is a story about an alien uh, who, who it, it's it's been going on for years. A lot of stuff has been going on. Just encapsulated, it, it was a you know a guy named Mark Grayson who is you know a, a superhero a la superman sort of and he has a family and his family's he's just trying to be he's just trying to be a dad to his wife sorry dad to his child and and, and a good husband to his, dad wife. to his wife no Ooh, what kind of book is this i know right and uh adam eve is in it it, it it's really hard 
to to jump onto this because there's so much going on, and this is the the last book before the um the last I guess story arc, which is called the end of all things, in which Mark and his family go get go up against his race. Uh, the I can never say it's right. The the Ver Vermeunes. I can never say it right. Uh, that's his race, and they're like superhuman, super strong. The Vita Vega Vegemans, Vita. Vita, Vita Mita Vegemans, yes, they're all from Desilu, planet Desilu. There you um, go. But anyway, uh, Thrag is is like the leader of his people, and they basically are a warlike race that goes and 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 conquers. And earlier in the issue, Mark Mark um, earlier uh-huh. in the issue, Mark um, and his dad, who was the actual heir to the the actual uh, royalty, uh, destroy the planet, and so Thrag goes into hiding and you know, recruits, uh, basically has sex with all these women and, and in order to have to, to create a new empire. And now he's finally ready to, to destroy everything. And this is what it is. And that's what, this is what it's leading up to. And it's just really, really sad that it's going to be ending. I'm so sad that it's ending, you know? So So the next issue of that is going to be another one of the quarter books that Skybound is doing. Yeah. It's, it's a 12 part you know, mega story that starts in the first issue, which will be uh, 133, which w- w- will be a quarter because they really want people to, to join in. It's going to be awesome. Please, please, please go out and um, go out and and pick it up. I, I think uh, Rich has a couple of the issues here at the store. Come by, pick it up. I, I want to, you know, I want to talk about this book with all of you guys. So please. You know, come back. And later on, we'll be reviewing the Walking Dead quarter issue. I actually got Des to read a Walking Dead book. I've read a Walking Dead book before. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I read the first one. I think I actually have the first one. Wow. Uh, That's worth some money, you know. Well, I have the first one because um, it's funny. Invincible came up before Walking Dead, but Walking Dead was the one that took off. So, Kirk, you know, Kirkman just kind of continued writing that one. So, So, Walking Dead actually surpassed Invincible, which is kind of funny. Walk, Invincible came out first, but but Invincible had had a couple of um, breaks. Yeah, where while he was working on The Walking Dead, so The Walking Dead, he's never really kind. Of, I think he's ever. I don't think he's ever missed a missed anything with that book. Nope. Yeah, and they've done double shipping. Yeah, they're so, doing double shipping this month. So it's like okay, you know. Um, but again, him Ryan Otley, who was who was the, uh, the, the he has two artists that he worked with. Corey Walker was was the guy was the artist that he he started the book with, and then Ryan Otley came in. And uh, continued on for the rest of it. But, I really like Ryan Otley's work. Yeah, so Ryan Otley's doing the uh, the twelve part uh, story for the ending, and it's just going to be. I mean, it's just going to be it. And he released a statement saying that you know it's time to you know for things to end. And so I'm saddened by. It. I'm really sad. But but this issue was was great. We got to see Adam Eve do her thing. She she can reconstruct matter. Of any form. Wow, they gave her some more power upgrades. No, no, she's always been able to do it. It's just she can only do it at great times. It's she's like a deuce ex, deuce ex machina. Ah, is her ooh. power, but she 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 only do it at like great. So, but the thing is, she can only do it specifically three times or three three times. Cause, <laughs> no, seriously, because the fourth time she does it, you know, she, she's supposed to transcend. So I'm wondering if that's what's going to happen at the end, and she's going to leave him. But I really hope not. Oh. So I'm really excited for it. I love it. Great books. So I know. That's one of the books that I want to talk about from last week. That's really, really great. Now, I Rich got has a couple that he wants to talk about. Yeah, I got two books real quick. Uh, so the Flash has been up and down for me since DC's rebirth, and this yeah it has. 
this latest arc, Rogues Reloaded, uh, 15 and 16 so far, have been great. And there was 14 too. Because 14, because 16 is the third part of it, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. If 16, because I remember part three. Yeah. yeah. So it's this is the third part. Yeah. This is the this is this was the series that that actually got me back into it because I couldn't take the first the first couple were just they were rough. So the whole thing is the rogues have finally figured out a way to beat the Flash, and this is what I'm missing from the TV show. That's why I think these last couple issues have been so good. And I was telling you, you should read it. Because it's back to being what the back to what the Flash what? is about, you know, being really good since the Rebirth, especially. Uh, and the other book, I just I love this book. It's Red Hood and the Outlaws. It's number seven, and Red Hood has to decide what to do with Bizarro. And I like how they name the arcs, and they're small arcs now. DC's doing like maybe single issue stories and then like two to three issue arcs. And this was just a self-contained issue. How do you solve a problem like Bizarro? And the cover by Giuseppe Camicoli has uh, the Red Hood aiming a gun filled with kryptonite at the back of his head. And it was a really well done issue. Like, so good. And the next, um, the next issue is going to start the whole Artemis. We're going to find out Artemis's backstory and how it all relates. So, I had two great books last well, week. But what was it about? But what was it about the Red Hood? Like, what? What was the final? Like, did he kill him? Did I'm he not, not kill tell him? You'll have to read well, it. Let us know a little bit about it. Like, what was what? What was some of the things? Because I I understand that he has to have a. I mean, they have a conversation in it. They have more than a conversation. He, um, Red Hood, actually realizes that Bizarro might be a full a person even though he is a clone and just talking to him and listening to what he has to say um he's he knew the correct. difference he knew that di yeah he's not the bizarro that we're used to oh so he's not super he's not as corrupt or, or super i don't want to say crazy but he's not as backwards i guess correct oh he's not like the bizarro from the superpowers the what the what was that called? The cartoon that he was in with the challenge of the super friends. Me Bizarro. Yeah, he's me. nothing like that at all. Me Bizarro. Me. He's geez. more of a child. Oh, okay. Um, all right. And so for the Flash, so who are the who are the who are the new rogues? Or they're not. They, they're all the same. So it's Heat Wave, Golden Go Glider. Yep. Captain Cold. Captain Cold. Trickster. Is it the new Trickster? Uh, it's the, the boy Trickster. The young Trickster. Yep. Mirror Master. Yep. And Weather Wizard, right? Yep. Yep. Just a, a really well done book. I'm really enjoying the it. The top was never a, a rogue, was he? Uh, no, he was more of a bottom. Wow. The top. All righty, moving right along, um, as Rich completely derailed this uh, to something. So we're going to talk about three books together. Uh, they're all DC books, so you Marvel fans will have to sit through DC, because we're finally talking about DC on the Geek Chat. It only took how many years? So we're going to talk about Detective Comics number 950, Justice League of America Rebirth number one, and to compare and contrast, we're going to talk about last week's Justice League number 14. Um, the Batman Detective is a League of Shadows prologue. It had three different stories in it. Which all set up three completely, completely different storylines. Correct. <laughs> and I think that the last story in it 
is why we're going to review it before we review Rebirth, because it really does uh, put a little more perspective into why Batman is forming all these other teams. He's formed the detective team. He's forming his own Justice League. And in Justice League 14, we get a reveal from... Old, was it Grant Morrison's writing or was it Mark Wade? Mark Wade. It was Mark Wade's writing. The Tower of Babel. Yes. So they're drawing influences from the the old universe as well. It's really weird how when you read them, I have a problem with some of the voices in Rebirth, Justice League of America, because this is a new world. But it's I think it's cool how they're also trying to connect the old. And I th- I'm really giving them credit. They're really trying. Uh, and it shows. I really liked the detective story. So the first story... Um, Which was the longest story. Yeah, that was the main story. It's called League of Shadows, prologue, Shadow of a Tear. James Tinney IV was the writer. Marcio Takara was the artist. Dean White did the colors. Marilyn Patrizio did the lettering. Um, and it, it's a spotlight on... What are they calling her now? Orphan. 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 Yeah. Uh, See what she was called? Black Bat? Black Bat. I'm, it's, you know, she can't be Bat Girl, even though she deserves it. So she's Black Bat. In no, Orphan. she's Orphan. So in the pre-New 52 continuity, Cassandra was a mute, and she had a gift. Because she couldn't speak, she had a gift to where she could read people. And it wasn't a gift. She was taught to do that. Instead of instead of learning instead of learning how to speak, she learned how to read people, yes. and that was the whole thing about her and Barbara. Her and Barbara found found the the kinship because Barbara started to try to teach her how to talk, and then and she that lost was, her power. Yeah, which is weird. I, I don't know. So I mean, she can still do it here, and it's the this her origin comes from the Batman and Robin rebirth. Yeah, not the, rebirth. Uh, uh, eternal, eternal, eternal. Yeah, where she was, her dad is no longer. Um, well, it's still David Kane. Well, yeah, but yeah, I guess you're right. But I always thought her her dad was um, was it? Well, he was more of an assassin. But I guess I guess in this one he was an assassin too. So he still used her, but he used her for mother. Yeah, and for, I hated the whole mother thing. Yeah, that was kind of boring. Um, but yeah, we get to see her trying to wanting to be more than just an assassin, wanting to be a a a dancer, which I thought was really cool. A ballet dancer. You know, she wanted to dance, and she and she was going through talking, looking how she's she, she, I think it was more so she she can't stop being this person, though she wants to. You understand? Oh you know yeah. Saying? Like when she was walking through the 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 belfry, and she was watching uh Batwing and and Clayface. yeah talk about stuff, and they're like, and she's like, she's like, she's like, I'm like a ghost, like a shadow, you know. So it's like. Because she just can't, she can't stop being that assassin. Right. You know, she can't stop looking at ways to kill people. She did that with a couple different, with Batman especially. What I really liked, again, about this story is in the main story, James Tinian IV has let us in on other characters as well. While the main story is about Cassandra Cain, we learn that, like, Mud, um, Clayface... Mudface really can't uh, hold his human form. We learn that he is—he's got those headaches, and we learn about 
Batwoman. I just, I think this, oh, it was interesting though that Azrael has been, he was in it maybe for an issue. And he's now, now part of the team. he's now part of the team. And they're, they're having an arc about him, you know. Um, the one thing I enjoyed about about the this book is is James Tinian the, the fourth has been able to really weave a family dynamic that within these back characters that seems to be organic, taking from pre fifty two and new fifty two to kind of form this this sort of team that really really works. Um, and I, and I like that. And, and especially the Cassandra Kane character, her being this observer because that's what she was taught to do. And now that's, and she wants to be more like, so sorry, I want to see her. I want to see what's going to happen with her now and what's going to change her. And then the reveal at the end of, of Lady, and I'm going to spoil it for you. That, oh, yeah, spoilers. Uh, that Lady Shiva. Shiva. Is going to be around. See, that was always, see, I've always loved that character. And she really hit the spotlight for me with uh, Gail Simone's um, Birds, Birds of, of Prey. Prey. Yep. And her being there. And she was sadly, sorely missed in the New 52. And for her to finally be coming back. And I and Cassandra Kane, And she's like... Because this is a woman who has been down that road that Cassandra Kane has been down, and she and and when and and her even her what she says, you know, Shiva hears you, uh, you girl, and I'm coming, and she is coming, and I'm like, that's awesome. Like, what is she? What's going to happen? Is she going to seduce her with 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 this ability to be more than she is? Is this the the next teacher that she needs? Is this going to cause a, a conflict between her and Batman? Like who is because who is and who is this version of Lady Shiva? Who who is she? Mm-hmm. Is she this you know pseudo good person or bad person or like I want to I want to know about her. And if you don't know who Lady Shiva is, she's like she is like the queen of martial arts. Like she she knows multiple different martial arts and everything. She's like a master, and she even taught you know Black Canary a thing well, or two in the old fifty two. I don't 52. know if it's in the new Rebirth or not. I cannot wait. I was when I when I turned that page and you I saw excited. her. I was like, "Sign me up! Sign me up!" So the second story in it is all about Azrael and Batwing working together, and it ends in a really odd place by them creating. No, oh. they're not creating it. I think this was the. I think that was the Saint Dumas people that were creating because the whole thing. The whole thing about it was that the armor itself right. is the, the armor itself is is a pseudo AI and and Well now he, it's online. Exactly. So so Saint Saint Dimas or Dumas, I can never say that name, they actually made a, an a, an an artificial Azrael. And so it makes me think that the human Azrael and this artificial Azrael are gonna have to go head to head because or, or or he's going to or he's going to lose his connection to the 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 armor that allows him to be Azrael, mm. and like the whole talking about theology and science and stuff like that. I thought it was very, it was a very interesting, you know, um, it was a very interesting read because not a lot of people are willing to go and do the whole theology type stuff mm-hmm. in a major comic book. 
like Batman and stuff. Like they'll they'll explore other things, but like religion is something they generally don't do. And so, now you have a hero based in completely based in. Yeah. So I think I think adding Azriel to the mix is really good. But seeing like the 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 robot Azriel quote unquote all chained or or having the wires feeding into him. Like, I don't know. I was just really excited. I was really excited for, for what's coming in the, in the next pages, you know, the last story happens months ago and it's about the bigger picture. And it is just Tim and Bruce talking. And t- this is before Tim was taken by Dr. Oz no, Mr. Oz, Mr. whatever Oz. they're calling. I think it's Mr. Oz, isn't it? Yeah, Dr. Oz is that TV show guy that's fake. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> so it's those two. And Tim basically is saying, I know what you're doing. What are you doing? You know, you are building all these teams. And he even says in it, which I thought was funny, and what's next, your own private Justice League? Why, yes, Tim. While you're taken, he's forming his own Justice League. So... This issue, oh, uh, yeah, he asked if he's preparing for war. Yeah. And this is a couple times now that this has come up, of that Batman knows something's coming. So the big picture was done by, you know, James Tinian IV. He wrote all of them. But the pic- but there were, they were three different artists. So the big picture artist was Eddie Burroughs, and the artist for the Azrael Black, or, um, Batwing was... Keep going. Uh, yes, was... Alvaro Martinez did the pencils, and the inks was uh, Raul, Raul uh, Fernandez, and the inks for the Eddie Bur- the Eddie Burrows ones was um, was Eber Ferrara was the, was the inks for that, and the colors was by uh, Adriano Lucas, and the colors for the getting them all out of order. <laughs> them all. I know, and the colors for the uh, higher powers, which was the you know. Azrael was uh, Brad Anderson. Okay, but I wanted to. One thing I wanted to say about this, in in contrast to what Marvel did, because I was after I finished reading this, I started thinking about you know how how companies or or combo companies especially how they get interest in new new things that are coming down the line. You know how do they how they promote their new books. And I think which pissed you off in Secret Wars, exactly, or Civil War, Civil War Two, Civil War Two, because here in Civil War Two we had eight issues, which were late, that ended up becoming, in my opinion, just a just a giant marketing campaign for everything that is coming in Marvel in the next year, maybe year and a half. Because if you if you look at that final issue, that eight eighth, eight issue, eighth issue. You see that like there was like seven pages. seven pages that were just splash pages of things that, that were to come. Not saying anything about it, just like he had a vision about the future and this is what it was. And there was no full resolution to what was happening in that book because he just transcended and became uh, a an abstract. I guess that's what the Marvel like creatures like the in-betweener and um Eternity and creatures like that are called abstracts in the Marvel Universe, I guess, because they're abstract concepts who, who take form. And he became one of them. So there was no real resolution. Whereas in this Batman Detective Comics, we get one issue, 950, which is the number, 
they charge you one more dollar because it is larger, and yet they were able to do literally the same thing that Marvel did with eight issues, and this was so much of a better quality because it gave us just enough to show us insight into each of the characters and to show you why you should you know, possibly care, especially if you've been reading what's been going on in Detective, and just show like, okay, this is what we're leading into, or this is something that, that's pushing these characters forward. It took one issue, folks, one issue. So I was more than willing to pay, you know, especially, and it's just one more dollar, one more dollar, you know, for, for an oversized anniversary special. You know, they didn't have to put that on it, and I probably would have bought it because this is this is how you set up interest in your comic book. And what's to come. And what's to come. I was so happy with what I read, and it was infinitely just a better presentation than than what Marvel did. And I want to Marvel, say, please take note. Pick up the trade. The first trade for Detective is out. It's fantastic. And it is. Uh, so next, we're going to go into JLA Rebirth number one. Steve Orlando was the writer. Ivan Reese was the penciler. Joe Prado and Oscar Albert were the inkers. Marcella Mialo was the colorist, and Clayton Cowles did the lettering. Okay. What was this again? Read the cover again. Justice League America Rebirth number okay. one. Okay. So remember, people, this is this is what DC does. They release this is a, a zero, really. Yeah, it, it, it instead of calling it a zero, which they should have. It is a number one. This is not the beginning of the the new series. It is not. It is. It is a. It is the first. It's like a zero, just like the um, the Vixen, just like the Adam, just like um, it was Vixen, Adam, the Ray, which is those three, right? Oh, and, and Killer Frost, just like that. They were just introductories, an intro, introduction to get you up to speed about what's going on in the book. That's what this was for. That's what it did. And I thought, think it worked beautifully. I know some reviewers did not like it because they said, oh, it should be part of, it. you know, why did we have this issue? It's, it shouldn't be a number one because there's just a lot of talking heads. People are coming together. That's what it's supposed to be. This is not the number one, people. Remember when it used to take six issues for a team to come together? Ugh. Well, sometimes that could have been fun, though, if they were all fun people and they were actually fighting a specific, like, a specific threat. Now, but I think I think all team books, when you're coming together, should be judged by one issue and one issue alone, and that is uh, Giant Size X Men, because Giant Size X Men was a perfect example of 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 how a new team is formed in order to fight something. You know, it was one issue; it set the stage. For what was to come. And I think, I don't want to say everything should be like that, but that works. And I think the Detective Comics 950 did that. And I think that Justice League of America Rebirth was was successful only because we got to see those other books beforehand. The Ray, Vixen, all that other stuff. And this was just another one of those books. I think he got, I think uh, Orlando was only given like a limited like budget, or not, but a limited time frame. And he said, you can only do these issues and then you have to bring, wrap it all up with, with the number one. And he was like, okay. And he was like, then you got to go because like, you can't continue to like tease this shit out. What were your thoughts, Rich? I liked it. I thought uh, the only thing that's jarring for me is getting used to these new voices, getting used to Vixen's new voice. And, and But what was it about her voice that you thought was just – that was different or – Well, or she's sh- completely different because she's now new to this. She's just starting – 
She cares more about her. Well, after well, all, but that was but that was because of what of what happened in her 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 number one. No, they say it in here too. She yeah. talks about it. Yeah. Um, and then when he finally, you know, uh, when he a- Batman asks her the right way, mm-hmm. um, she says yes. You gotta come at a sister correct. And <laughs> I really like that it's in Happy Harbor. I love that. Oh my god! I knew I I knew you were gonna be so excited about that. I thought that was really great, Happy Harbor. And he even makes the he even says that they've this was before. And I'm like, when? Where? Like, in this new rebirth world? What? No, I think I think that was wishful thinking for him to, and he put that in there as a as a as an Easter egg for people like you and I oh, who remember. Because like, I don't think there was anything before who would knows? have been unless he's talking about like the outsiders. Uh-huh. Who knows? Uh, I also like how so Killer Frost is brand new in this new world, and. When her and Canary are going yeah. at it, yeah. she even says, Killer Frost even says, um, I'm not fighting you. I'm fighting back. You threw the first punch because of this preconceived notion that she's a villain because of what has happened in her past. Um, so Black Canary is now in a team book. We get Lobo, the main man, who is the original Lobo, not Lipstick Lobo. Um, question. Yes. So how do we know he's on, like, why is he on Earth? So he was I in, that. he was in Bell uh, Rev, the jail. Yeah, Bell Reeve, yeah. In the lower, lower, lower. He was, he was being kept a prisoner. Okay. Which is going to explain how the other one, or if that, if he even still is. I really hope they, I really hope there, there's a fight between this one and, and the Lipstick one. he kills him. Maybe it's his little brother or something, or, uh, may, or maybe this Lobo's from the from the original Fifty Two, the original maybe. DC. <sighs> so then we get introduced to Ryan Choi, who on the cover is wearing the Flash or the the Flash, the Adam outfit. Sadly, no Adam outfit in this at all, uh, and it's really weird. Lobo of all people is the one who tells Batman Ryan can join. Like, he was the one behind it, which I'm like, why? What was so, so important about that? I think that's going to come up well, later. I, I think Lobo, again, is that, I think what, I think what um, Orlando's trying to do with Lobo is to like, yeah, he is the brute. Yeah, he is the Hulk character who needs to be on a short leash. And the ladies, especially Black Canary, always tease him about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but. Lobo is a smart guy too, and when he's when when Ryan Cho is writing, he, when when Lobo looks at Ryan Cho's writing and says, "Oh, this is pretty good for an Earthling." See, Lobo is a lot smarter than he lets on, and I think that he's gonna his character is gonna be the breakout star of the group because he's gonna have to really start putting because he's always, he's always been a loner, and I, and I can be that asshole. So I don't know if people are going to people by by people I mean readers are going to like this Lobo because it, even though he looks like the main man, uh, Orlando's definitely writing him a lot different. He's not as gung ho and is, you know, spit in your face kind of as, as he has been before. And I wonder if people are going to like that or not. We'll see. Because I like this sort of this duality of his character. You know, yes, I look like a biker, but there's more than just looks. And if, and if, and if Orlando's going to look, do that, especially with, he, he did the same thing when, 
when uh, Black Canary attacked Killer Frost because of the preconceived notions is what are we are we going to be going to be is he going to be doing that? Batman had a preconceived notion about the atom, and it was and it was Lobo that said no. You know what kills me about this? Batman of all people says I won't put him in danger, Lobo, because he's you know he's a kid. He's untested. Um, how many Robins have you had? Hello, that should have been the line. Well, but that's. <laughs> that's true so but then, again but batman was fully on like he he trained robin though like he trained them he's like i'm gonna train you up before he was able to leave and this is just some guy he had no clue about so maybe well, maybe not i don't know he, he meets the ray who's in a weird ass spider-man one of spider-man's first costumes <laughs> come on you should ray palmer should have had a spare suit hanging i around. thought he did like this is like what he was wearing was bizarre yeah. like seriously and then we get introduced to Vixen, and we learn that there is a teleporter. They're doing the teleporters again. Yep. I love that. Was it? It was like a chip or something she had yeah, to hold. Yeah, it's just a little, like a little. I, I was hoping it would be a fucking card. Like, remember, remember the original JLA cards that you had to wear? They had, they had to hold on to. And I always thought to myself, these fucking people don't have pockets in their suits, and they're gonna like Batman has utility belts. So I guess he can put his in, in his belt, but now these people with these skin tight costumes are gonna put some sh- put it in their sock or something or in their boot. That's where they're gonna keep their fucking membership card. And if you know, Love was gonna be losing that fucker every day. You know, <laughs> come on. So we uh, the team comes together, and Batman can't get Lobo to sit. I just I thought there were pieces to this book where in twenty. 20- Ish, uh, 20 pages, Orlando was giving us the characters' personalities. We're getting a little of the... Uh, we can see who's not going to mesh and who's going to mesh. Once again, Killer Frost was... She wants to... You can. She's looking at Ray like, Oof, I'm going to eat you. And, and she gets called out on she it, She gets too. called out on it. And then we get coming up. I love these coming ups because I'm curious to see how many of these we're actually going to get. So the first one is Ray sticking a light, literally a light sword through Lobo. It so reminded me of Psylocke's uh, Psychic Psyni- Blade. Uh, which, is get- the, which is what? The total culmination of all of her psychic powers. <laughs> and she did it differently for each. One was the butterfly, one was that. No, no, remember that was the, the thing? Like, when she, whenever she had to, whenever she called her knife, she had to say that line. Fucking Christopher Claremont did. I'll use my cyanide, which is a, which is a, which is a culmination of all my psychic powers. <laughs> he liked words. He really did. So then we get uh, Killer Frost with some woman chained in red. We get Batman holding... Do you th- hold on. Do you think the woman in red is like Pandora? Pandora was killed, and they made sure to kill her in the pages of Rebirth. So I don't think it is. Hmm. Well, who else would be... Is it... Do you think it's someone that we've seen before? Because look at the background. Right. Because the background looks sort of like it was like, like a church or something. And what is she saying? Now this... Know this, sister. sister. Your life hangs on an impossible choice. See, it makes me think that is it is it like a, a fighting clan that she was part of before? Is Lady Shiva gonna be around? One can dream. Well, uh, I don't think we're gonna. <laughs> and then Batman's holding a shield with Liberty. Lady Liberty. Yeah, and I think which makes me which makes me believe that we're gonna see um, the Freedom Fighters. That'd be sweet. You know, maybe the Freedom Fighters and also Earth. Maybe we'll get to see like Uncle Sam or something like that. And then the last one is Ryan Choi. In his Adam suit with someone that he thinks is Professor Palmer. Now, if you remember, 
in I think it was Rebirth, um, Roy uh, Ray Palmer says to Ryan Choi, "You're gonna find someone. Don't trust him." Yeah. Which You're is right. going to be this? I bet you anything that really isn't him. And then, yeah, but that's what I mean. It's like all of these, all of these, all these four different things have something. Have have someone saying something that is a clue. When Ray is stabbing Lobo, you know, Lobo says, "Come on, yeah, bring it, Bastus. Give me your best." I think Lobo is being possessed, or something is happening, and the Ray is having to defend himself. And then what Batman says when he's holding the shield with Lady no, Liberty. No, someone else that says, yeah, the last person to face me with that shield died holding it. So who used that shield? Like no, this, And I'm thinking to myself, is it, is it, but is it pre-52 or is it new 52? Or is it rebirth? Or is it rebirth? Like what's going on? Is this going to bleed into, um, is this going to bleed into things that happened in like, What's happening with like the the whole Watchmen thing and the and the and the clown button? I mean, I'm really I'm really intrigued about what's happening with this group. A lot more intrigued than what's happening in the current Justice League book. Yeah, I just want to give one last thought. Justice League America Rebirth, such a great great jumping on point. If you're looking for something new, some superheroes, and this is Batman's mortal, no gods team. Well, that he's building. Well, although Lobo is an alien, so I guess that kind of counts. But that that doesn't count, though. Um, so you want to talk about this but book? Real quick about about this one. Um, it's Justice League of America Rebirth, like you're saying, and it's only two ninety nine for number one. People, you cannot beat that for what you're getting. It's a great jumping on point. I have to echo that for Rich. Get out there, pick it up. It's really great, and the art is fantastic. Ivan Reese just knocks it out of the park. Beautiful. Beautiful. The faces are different. They're amazing. Just, I love the way he draws his Black Canary too. Black Canary looks thick. She looked good. She looked thick. She looked strong. She looked good. Looked, she looked good. good. All righty. So the next one we're gonna read is uh, uh, is, is uh, <laughs> Justice League uh, number fourteen, uh, two ninety nine from DC Comics. Title is called Regroup. Which is another word for talking heads. Uh, the writer is Brian Hitch, and he's he wrote and penciled, uh, and he inked uh, parts eleven. Parts of it. Yeah, it's pages parts. eleven through thirteen. Yeah, okay, sorry. And Daniel uh, Henriquez, who and he inked himself as well, and he did the bulk of the other stuff. And then Alex Sinclair was the colorist, and uh, Richard Stockings and Comic Craft uh, was did the lettering. This um, issue. Oh my god. So we just talked about Justice League of America, which was, while being a come bring the group together, was more interesting than the entire issue here. They're all buried under the ground, and they decide to talk about trust, and why they should work together, and why as a group they work together, and why Batman has figured out how to take down all his opponents, and then... Each one of them gets to talk about something that they have a problem with, and they sing Kumbaya, they pass around some punch, and then that's the book. Um, okay, that was your take on it. Uh, it was hard for me to get through. I And I feel like I've read it before. That was my biggest problem. I didn't feel like I read it before. You didn't? Mm-mm. I feel like it's reason, just... Go ahead, I'm sorry. I just felt like it was... He borrowed so much from... I swear we've read about... Um, what is the Green Lantern, the female's name? 
Uh, I cannot remember. Because I don't read that book anymore because I think that book is not very good. But, like, her about, you know, making things and how she's an asset to the team. And I'm like, swear to God, we just did this. Okay. What was your take on this book? Um, I partly agree, but then I partly disagree. And the reason that I partly disagree with it is because of what of what happened between when Superman starts talking about who he is in relationship to this team. And and he starts to reflect about his version of the Justice League. And we haven't really had a conversation with this Justice League about this regarding this new Superman. And how this and how the Superman is like I am the same Superman. I just come from a different... I am the same Clark Kent. I am the same person. Uh, my experiences is just different. And he starts to explain to them, like, so I know things about everything. And so when he brings up, you know, that Batman has a way to defeat all of us, and he says, you do, and Batman's like, ugh, you know? And he's like, well, yeah, of course I do. You know, he admits it, you know? And, and he says, and Wonder Woman's like, well are you okay with this? And, and, uh, Superman was like, at first I wasn't, but now I am because there needs to be someone that can stop me if something happens. So for them, for me, it was good for them as a team to have this moment. Yeah, I'll agree with that. But the problem was it didn't need to last a whole issue. That was the problem that I had having, having Jessica, her name is Jessica, having Jessica, uh, Jessica Cruz things is what her name is. The, the green lantern. And, Boz and her having a conversation about her not being able to make con- I'm like that's something that can be brought up here but it doesn't need to be like in this book that's something that they can discuss and explore in their own in their in their other book you know seriously and they can have a little bit of a reference here but again having all of the issue didn't need to be this long about it you know you know what I'm talking about oh I do you know because but like it, so the, the the conversation they had with 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 Superman needed to happen. It needed to happen. I'm glad that it happened. I thought that uh, Hitch did a really good job in having that conversation about that. Everything else though was kind of contrived and it didn't need to be there, you know. Or it could have been really trimmed down and they really could have worked as a team in order to get out. Because the problem that I had is they do they don't really work as a team to get out. They talk about we're you gonna even do. See how they do it. You know, exactly. You don't see how they get out and just they say, okay, this is. We're gonna work as a team. We're gonna go A, B, C, and D, and then and then they just go. And I'm thinking, okay, I want to see that. Is that gonna happen in the next one? You know, it's like there was no resolution. And maybe I was asking for too much in this book. But what I would have hoped is that they could have had their conversation with Batman about what's going on and 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 superman tells everything about his earth and how he needs to just be accepted and you know because he's he's the superman he's just here to make things better and to work that's literally what he what he basically said and i'm like okay we don't need a whole issue for that right no it could have been half the issue and the rest of the issue could have been them working as a team getting out of this predicament that they're in and really showing that they're working together that's the problem that i had was it was too much talking heads, and only one thing in the book was really was really worth those that talking head. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, I do. You know, but and I and I want more from the book. You know, and because like when we were talking about this, you know, uh, a couple of days ago on Friday, we were talking about this, and 
And you were like, there needs to be more from their flagship book. Yeah, for and Justice I agree League to be their 100%. flagship book, the stories are not very... They're not compelling. They're not... I don't know if he's... So when they gave him his own book, JLA, I was wondering, is this a test? Is he being tested? Like, and then it hit the late, and then it got delayed, and then the issues came out randomly, and the story just kind of fizzled when he was taking on Rao. Remember that story? Oh my God. Yes, that story, that never-ending story. And um, I feel like that's his run now. Like Justice League, when you think of the Justice League, Justice League action, the cartoon that's out now, is so much more fun than fun. Justice League, the comic book. It's fun. And I'm thinking, where's the, where is the grandeur is my problem with, with Hitch's Justice League. It started off really, really strong. That Ralph story was really like, okay, I'm, we're doing something. This is awesome. And then it just fizzled. Yep. And it seems like, I get it, the Justice League is supposed to fight, you know, doomsday type scenarios but are I get they it. are they every day because look at let's look at marvel's avengers and i don't unfortunately marvel's avengers due to the different um renumbering and everything but let's look at the avengers what they used to be or what they should be the avengers are all the different heroes that come together yes to fight as a team what they can't do sing uh, separately yeah and that's what the Justice League, when you look at the Justice League and you look at the Avengers, they're both the same idea. Yeah. Now, over in Avengers, we get the Kang, which is one of the most... They need to wrap that up. Oh. I get it. They need to wrap it up. Kang does not need to be the end-all, be-all villain for the... He, he's, he's, he's going through what Magneto went through at the beginning. <laughs> you know, when Magneto was every fucking where and he was, and he was always the villain they had to face? That's what's happening with Kang. And I think the reason why they're doing that is because they just don't know who else to put in Kang's shoes. And it's horrible. They need to either pick someone different or they need to let Kang rest. And I'm going to go back to both the just when the Justice League, the stories that stand out in my mind for both Justice League and Avengers is when it's about the team. For example, remember the Masters of... Destruction. No. What were they called? Anyhow, they took out, and remember, Hyde beat the hell out of Jarvis. Uh, Masters of Disaster? E no, that's Masters of Evil. Masters of Evil, thank you. Masters Disasters of Evil. is the DC yeah. one. Masters of Evil. So You're you right. had this... Masters and Johnson. They have yes. so many villains, and they came together, and they took down the Avengers. And then Jarvis got beat, and then the team has to go back and do it. You know, go back and... and Fight for their friends. Yeah, when Baron Zemo actually was a villain, was it actually something that you could be scared of? And I think the problem Avengers has is that heroes are fighting heroes too goddamn much now. Oh my god, 100% agree with you. So there's no villain. Well, like the villains are just hanging out chilling. I mean, there was literally a book, The Superior Foes of Spider Man, that showed them drinking in a bar because the heroes don't give two shits. They're going to nope. fight each other. Well, that's what Civil War was about. It's still bad. Yeah. And then I feel like Justice League. When you think of Justice League, you really... How many villains... Actually, real quick. That's Justice League and that's Inhumans versus X-Men. X-Men versus Inhumans. You realize that. What? The villain... Heroes fighting heroes. Yes, it's everything. All Marvel does now is heroes versus heroes. And it's boring. Where the villains... We need villains. I think my problem with this Justice League is 
nothing has happened on Earth. Give me some Amos Fortune. Well, give actually, me some, actually, things have happened some, on Earth, but they're but they're always but they're always a a, a, a weird god. Yeah, I don't want any thing. of that. I know. I no, want, I agree with you. I want some supervillains. I want some hokey supervillains. I want some big supervillains. Even the joke Justice League when it was Giffen and Dematis and it was a funnier, lighter Justice League. Had villains, they fought. I don't. That I mean they had comedic moments, but that shit was pretty damn. Oh no, it was very dark for yeah. being the funny league. Yeah, some of that shit was very dark. But that's what I'm missing from these Justice League stories, and that's why I have a lot of hope in Justice League of America or Justice League America, because they're going up against. Oh God, the extremists. Yeah, exactly. Lord they're gonna, Havoc. They're going to they're gonna fight some villains. Exactly, they're actually going to fight some villains, some super. Some super villains. Super fucking villains. They're not fighting each other. 100% agree with you, and I think that's the problem with Justice League. Is like They're too big. Like, I understand you want to make bigger-than-life stories, but... No, it doesn't need to be that... It doesn't need to be... Like, the Grant Morrison stuff was really good. You know, it was... The a, Fable Queen? That, Isn't was, that what they called yeah, her? it was very... It was quirky as fuck. Because the key? The, he made the key a villain. Like, a, a villain worthy of the Justice League. 100%. The, 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 the Marines or whatever the name was? The Ultramarines. Like, it was... That was some good stuff. And it was still larger than life, but they were villains that people could root for. Because sometimes people, people like you... You know, sometimes me, we, we want to root for the villains. I want to see Mongol, who's, I guess, in the, who's in Superman, I guess. So I want to see Starro. I want to see, like you were saying, Johnny Sorrow and all these other people who were really strong, kick-ass villains. Like, I want to Despero. I want to see them do, I want to see them be villains. You know, they don't have to rehash that shit. I'm not talking about rehashing. I mean, you can do new stories, but we want to see those familiar people that we miss. Because I can give, again, I can give two shits about a giant thing in the air coming in and, and shooting a hole in, you know, the earth. in the earth. Again. Again. Yeah. Uh, again. It's funny because the Justice League Dark movie has Felix Faust. And I was like, yay! I remember Felix Faust. He was in the New 52 um, Justice League Dark, but that was a bastardized version of him. But it was so cool to see Felix Faust again. Yeah. So, wow, that was a tangent. This is a good tangent, though. So now we're going to talk yeah. about books that came out this week. Oh, well, none of these books came out this week. Oh. Sorry, we're going to talk about some books that came out last week. What happened to the... Oh, these books came in this week. So we did it backwards. So we, we started with the books. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about some books that came out last week uh, that we, we really, missed. We really want to talk... I really want to talk about this book because... So the champions started well, the, up. the Gwynpians? Ugh. Uh, uh, let me first. We're going to talk about the champions. Number five, written by Mark Wade, Umberto Ramos was the penciler, Victor Olazaba was the inker, and Edgar Delado, Delgado, excuse me, was the colorist. And VCs Clayton Cowles did the letter and production. So right off the bat, you get this cover, and it's Gwen, and then Peons. So a majority of the customers thought this was a Gwenpool book and overlooked it. And when they came in this week, they're like, um, was Champions out? And I'm like, yeah, it came out last week. And when I showed it to them, they're like, oh, it didn't. I didn't think that was that. That's why I didn't buy it. So big marketing mistake or fail on the cover by having this and her name so big in it. Secondly, um, she was annoying. You said it. 
So Mark Wade is writing the champions. They are these group of kids who are trying to be proactive and do the right thing. And they're tackling big... Um, Social justice type things. Yes. So with a great issue like this about a corrupt cop in Daly County... Very small little county. Here is this... It was... For the story idea, I give it a high mark. For marring this issue with her brought out... It really did ruin the story, um, the complexity and the intensity. There's another word I'm going for. You said it earlier. Having her in the book derailed the message. Is that what you said? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because it's like you have the small time small town sheriff and a lot of hate crimes, and the hate crimes are 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 um, growing at an exponential rate. And and this burning of this mosque in the town, you know, has has piqued the interest of the champions who who show up in order to help fight against this corruption. And we get to see in firsthand the sheriff who says, you know, they should allow. Because they're like, we need to. We, the people are saying we need to get people out of there. There's a fire going on. The sheriff is like, no, we'll let it burn for a little while longer because I don't want I don't want you know you guys to get hurt, you know, or normal people or something to that effect, like people who are you know white not to get hurt. Something, you know, the, the the wording was a bit different, but that was the intent. And so the the champions go in and they save everybody, and then in doing so, uh, Viv finds, um an incendiary device that was, that was, that had properties that were, um, or had components that were, that were police issue. So it makes it a police kind of matter. And so the, the champions are fighting the corruption within the county police department, sheriff's department. And there's one, one deputy sheriff that is like a good guy is trying to fight against that as well. And so, but they're, their hands are tied because they're technically youths, even youth, even though, they are superheroes. They're still, toward the law, they're still kids. And they want to go in there and smash and smash and smash, but they can't do that because there are laws and stuff that need to happen. And so they're really fighting this, you know, push and pull of like, we have this power, but we we, we are stuck because we can't do anything, you know, except punch things. And this message is marred, to use rich words because it's true, by Gwenpool being there just saying, oh, they must be Hydra. We have to fight them. Or they must be such and such, so we have to punch them. And yeah. they're like, no, we can't do that. you know. And it's like, maybe she was there for comic relief, but her comic it, relief was bad. It was, And it really, this issue probably would have been at the top of my pile had she not been in it. Yeah. Like, it was a really great issue. Like right She brought from nothing the, to it. She brought nothing to it. Right from the beginning, the, the corrupt sheriff looks at Cyclops and is like, you're the mutie one. What'd you do? Set the fire? And he's like, if I did, you'd pin a metal on me. And it really is very relevant to what's going on right now. Yeah. The whole story was relevant. And unfortunately, Gwenpool will... This this book would not sell Gwenpool. This isn't going to make people go, oh, she's cool. I want to read more about her. No. It made her fucking annoying is what it did. And it really it really hurt this the issue. story. Yeah. It really hurt her... her, her her parents heard the story, and I was so happy that she that that. And it was funny because because even the characters in the comic, you know, were talking about how 
they were annoyed by her. So she was even annoying the people in the comic book. So, and I'm like, I, I, I don't get her appeal. Like I really, and this is the personal thing. I don't get her appeal. I get Deadpool's appeal, but I do not get her appeal. And like her thing about she's from an alternate earth in which, in which everyone is, is a comic book and she's like living her fantasy and she doesn't believe she can die. Like I, I don't like, I don't get like, I get it, but like, I don't think that's a strong enough concept, you know, for it. I don't know. Just so in the new, I don't think Cyclops is going to be lasting here because in no. the new, the new blue uh, X Men blue, he's going to be in that with a new costume. So I have a feeling Cyclops's time in this book is coming to an really? end. Really? You kidding? How many books was Wolverine in? How many teams Wolverine on? But I don't think I think they want to put him back with the X Men. That's terrible. I wonder who's going to take his spot then. Gwenpool. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have Silk. I'd, and you know what? I'd rather have I'd rather have Spider Gwen. Honestly, really? Yeah, because remember her because Miles Morales wasn't in there, wasn't in this issue, and Miles and Spider Gwen are kind of you know knocking the boots. <laughs> no, they're only teenagers. They still fuck. No, no. Yeah, they do. They're teens. They're they 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 are teens. Uh-huh. They're clean teens or uh-huh. whatever. Clean teens, huh? There's my Tracy's a clean teen. There ain't no bugs on her. There ain't no God. bugs on her, baby. So, do you really want to go over this one? Uh, yeah, because I was annoyed by it. All right. So the next book we're going to go through is Inhumans vs. X-Men, number four. Jeff Lemire, Charles Sewell were the writers. Javier Garon was the artist. David Curiel did the coloring. And VCs Clayton Cowles did the lettering. I'm happy that it's coming out regularly. Oh, I know. <laughs> we're really, really burning through these issues. Yes. So and they're really trying to make Myriad, or what's his name? Mosaic. Mosaic. God, I hate him. They're really trying to make him fetch. So oh. he, needed, he needed to sneak into where the X-Men base was and get as much intel as possible. Knowing. And they tell him, stay away from any blondes or redheads. That was kind of funny. And they wanted to look for Magneto. Really? Magneto's who you're going to go for? And and the and the and the thing about going for Magneto is because they can put he can have him put on the helmet and no one can read his mind and I and I'm like okay you know I thought I thought okay that's kind of sound you know that's what's gonna happen that's that that's what he's gonna do and I'm thinking okay so and I guess he can only make people see him when he wants to be seen so he goes in there and he possesses Magneto. And he gets a flood of all of Magneto's memories. Although one of the memories I thought was very interesting was this memory of Scott being killed. I thought that there was a memory in, when when uh, when Mosaic is inside of uh, Magneto's mind. We see the scene from uh, Death of X in which um, Emma Frost tells Havoc that uh, Scott is actually dead. How would we get that? Exactly. I don't think Magneto was there for He wasn't. So that is, number one was wrong and that really kind of annoyed me. And I was like, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. He was not there for that. Um, The other thing I had a problem with? I I, I like Joseph, seeing Joseph there. That was kind of cool. I had a problem with, this is, you would not see yourself ripping apart. You would see just uh, Wolverine. You would see your hand tearing everything out. Yeah. You wouldn't see yourself doing it. That was another little problem. I loved seeing Joseph. I love Zorn because, you know, he was Zorn. Um, there was a few things that I thought that I thought was really cool in this in this in this splash page. 
Um, the Genosha getting bombed. Yeah. But that, again, you would have seen from... His it perspective. It would have been from his perspective. Um, and then, I don't remember him being there for God Strikes uh, Man. God Loves Man Kills? Yeah, I don't... For Striker, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. For Strike, I don't remember him being that in that story there. I remember that either. And then... But then, like, he gets in there and he gets it, but what I thought was really kind of cool... Was when Magneto's like, get out of my head, kid. And I thought that was, that was pretty cool. When Magneto pushed him out. I'm thinking, okay, there we go. Finally, Magneto's one of the strongest, you know, has one of the strongest personalities and has mental blocks in his head that, that can stop people from doing shit like that. And he pushes him out. I'm like, okay, good. Finally, we got something like that. And then the cuckoos are like, who's that? You know? So so that aspect, I was kind of I was kind of okay with that. I was like, all right, that 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 kind of seems good. They needed to find out what was going on. With what was what the X Men were planning, this is what happened. So they like, okay, they need to get that information. I thought it was kind of cool that that happened. Then we fast forward to shit that happened in Limbo, and I was like, "Well, that was in the beginning of the episode." What I'm saying, but but the whole oh. thing with Limbo, and I guess they, I thought that was kind of cool how they got out though. Where they where they where they made a funnel, and then Gorgon stomped on the funnel to to amplify his sound to to destroy the base that they were on, which. I thought it was kind of funny that they were even on a base to begin with. So can this kid, I forgot his name. The rock kid? Can he create rocks out of thin air? Uh, I guess he can now. I mean, it's stuff like this that you just, you're like, well. I mean, I thought it was a cool, like, physics thing that they did. It was. It just made no sense to where do they get the rocks from. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, so the other thing. And they killed all those fucking demons. The. For this issue, I feel like the page layouts were off. Everything, like, I understand that, Lionel Francis, you can't draw every issue. I totally get that. But I just feel like, try to find an artist. Ugh. I thought the figure work was strong. And I thought I thought the art itself was 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 okay. You know, I, I thought the art, I thought, I thought the art was actually pretty good in some spots. But I do the coloring agree. Coloring is off on spots. The like, coloring was a bit off. You know, but I did. But overall, I did think that it was a pretty okay issue, and I really, I really liked. We better get to see the rest of this fucking fight. Yeah, the fight between uh, Colossus, Colossus and versus, everyone else versus, versus all the other Inhumans. Like, I want to see that fight. Like, I want to see that fight. And then how? Did, and then they they captured. You know, and then then, then uh, you know Mosaic. Marvel, Marvel put out the issue with Mosaic and him. That was the week before this. Okay, so that's how he gets him. Yeah. Okay, so now now Mosaic gets uh, Cyclops, and then they learn. This is the 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 last panel of the book, is exactly what we're talking about. Um, Mosaic tells them that if they they either have to leave the Earth or they die, you know the mutants, and to which Ms. Marvel, and you see her. If you've been reading anything Ms. Marvel, or you've been reading her stories. You understand she's got compassion. She's got a heart. She says, guys, who are the good guys? She is questioning her queen's decisions. So where do we go from here? Walk off. (laughs) (laughs) They got to do drag for their lives. They got to sing for their lives. Wouldn't that be awesome if it was was fucking Medusa versus Storm? They're like, lip sync for your life, bitches. (laughs) 
Could you imagine that? And they're sitting there doing their dancing, and like fucking Storm is all floating and shit, making it rain, and and uh, fucking Medusa's using her hair as like whips and shit. They're, they're doing death drops and shit. <laughs> Magneto's like, yes, bitch, yes. I don't think he would say that. <laughs> I mean, cause come on, like, what's fucking gonna happen? The thing that really pisses me off is is. Here you got these people who are all compassionate. We don't want to fuck with anybody. Blah, 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 this and that. And I'm like, in humans, number one, you fuckers lived your whole existence having these things in crystals. And then you would gas people. And, and you they lived get on the moon away from people. Number one, why don't you just suck all of the gas into a container and then put it someplace. And then let people walk through it. Who wants, like, does that seem simple to you? Does that seem fucking simple to you? So my other side, my other problem like, I seriously, have... seriously, it's like... Is the, there are at least a hundred fucking mutants on this world. Yes! Where are the rest of them? That is your... You know what you want in humans versus X-Men? The X-Men are coming for your asses because they have the numbers. That is another reason why this, I just, this story is like... It's just... I, I'm like, just why... like. It's just, and I'm really like feeling Frank on this. Like Frank, Frank's one of our longtime listeners and, and and supporters. And I was just like, Frank is just like, like this 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 fabricated drama that we have with this event. It's like literally all you have to do, people, is have Forge invent literally a cloud sucking machine. They stop it. They 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 can they, they contain it. They say, in humans, here's your fucking thing. Do what you want with it. Make a chamber. People can come to you wherever the fuck you are and say, "Hey, I want to see if I'm an I want to see if I'm an inhuman, and I want to pledge my my loyalty to you." All right, get the fuck in the chamber. We'll gas you if you change. Welcome to the party. If you don't, you're out. Where's the EPA? Like, where's the people that are saying this is an environmental protection agency saying like this is a fucking cloud? Oh, we're gonna kill people. Trump must have won in the Marvel universe <laughs> last year. Are you doing it? <laughs> The EPA's gone already in the Marvel like, Universe. Like, seriously? You're really having a fight about this? Like, like the mutants are going to die. Hank McCoy said, look, it's saturating the Earth. The mutants are going to die. And I think what it is, <laughs> is Marvel realized that the Inhumans are never going to take the place of the but, X-Men. But you don't have to... The thing is, you don't have to fight. Nowhere. Nowhere did anyone say, hey... Or if they did, please please come into the comments and let me know if someone actually said, "Hey, why don't we just get a giant vacuum? Forge can make this make Forge can make it fucking anything, right? You suck it up in a giant vacuum. You give it to the Inhumans. There you go. Boom. Problem solved. Done. I'm going to get some dessert or some cake or something. Like seriously, we have a party. This is oh, bullshit. I know. Bullshit. I know. So. We're gonna do one last one last one. The Planet of the Apes. One last one. Meets Green Lantern one of six from Boom Studios and DC. It story was by Robbie Thompson. The writer was Justin Jordan. Artist Barnaby Bagenda. Colors Alex Guimarius Guimarius. Something like that, I apologize. Letters Ed Dukeshire. And the design was Scott Newman. Um this book is not set in any kind of DC continuity. It takes place in the um, roughly now. It, it can fit in because Justin Jordan kept a lot of the stuff that he um, that has happened. Well, how do you know this? I asked him. 
Oh, you had a conversation with, with the with, with the writer, Justin Jordan? I did. I wanted to get some clearing up for our listeners. So when it says story by Robbie Thompson, but the writer was Justin Jordan, I wanted to be like, so what does this mean? So he had a bit of a small little interview with him. Yes. Yeah, so the the story, Robbie wrote the plot. So he wrote what he what the idea was. Whereas Justin scripted it from that. He was allowed to diverge uh, from the plot, and he did. Now this number one was about 75% close to the original script. And it is more like an Elseworlds story, but still keeps true to the DC continuity, kind of. And in it, um, so this is actually one of the first Planet of the Eight books I've read. Have you read any of them? I have not read anyone, any of them. Um, never really was a fan of the Planet of the Apes uh, mythology. Never really got into the movies or anything. So it was, it was sort of a pass for me. But like, I know what happens. Like I've seen all the movies. Like I actually, I actually watched all the movies. But it was just kind of one of those things where I was just like, eh. So in it, the, um, they find a ring. I don't know the ape's name and I apologize. But Cornelius. Cornelius. Is that his name? Yes. Finds a ring. It's a different kind of ring because it allows, him, ring? It allows him to go through all the different um, spectrums. Spectrums. Yep. That's what that was kind of cool. Yeah. Cornelius, I guess <sighs> Cornelius finds the ring and it, it lands on their planet after, after a whole bunch of people, after a whole bunch of lanterns are killed. Right? Yes. Yeah, so beginning. a whole bunch of lanterns are killed. And now this is official. Uh, Justin Jordan has killed every single blue lantern. Because in this... He kills, um, I can't think of his name. I forgot his name. That one. Uh, St. Walker. St. Walker. So now they're all dead. He's killed them all. So all the blue lanterns are Well, dead. in this continuity. In this continuity. Well, no, he literally, in the, since in his pen, he has killed them. I know. I because know. he killed the other ones. No, I get ones. it. I get it. Um, and then to balance this out, we get on Earth, we get... Uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps fighting the Red Lanterns, which I didn't like because I love the Red Lanterns. And But this is a different story. And then we get Sinestro as well to find the Universal Ring. And they get transported to the Earth that is the, the Planet of the Apes Earth. Yep. So we don't know how they got there. Well, Cornelius opened up a portal and brought them there, and so... And now there's all these different people, and then he kills other people, and then the Universal Ring has like possessed him. So it's it's an interesting story, and I'm probably actually going to read the rest of them <laughs> because I was like, it's one of six, so it's a, it's a mini series, but I was really kind of interested. The the art is really good, um, and it was it's going to be interesting, like this whole Universal Ring thing. Like I'm kind of like is like a remote. Can you like change the channel? <laughs> I don't know. It's like it, it, it raised a lot of questions for me, and, and I'm a huge Green Lantern fan. So. I know you are. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to read it. So I figured I figured I'd get it, I'd give it a chance. And again, this is only six issues, you guys. If you want something new, you know, and, and really interesting and, and ties these two completely different franchises together. I think one know, of the funniest things is we, we all know the um, iconic Statue of Liberty yeah, that's broken in half. And then that's where Hal Jordan and Sinestro... Well, Hal Jordan ends up there, the human on the beach. And I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Because that is what people are known... That They know that, the franchise. <laughs> she been like, what the fuck, where are we? Okay, so the last book we're going to do and uh, is the, um, the Walking Dead 
25 Cent Issue. That's the last book we're going to do today because Rich made me read it. That is correct. I had no idea what the hell was going on because I don't read Walking Walking Dead. I don't watch the show or anything. And he made me read it. So So I literally was – I literally had no idea. No idea. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. I recognized the the guy with the cane. Okay. Grimes, is that his name or whatever? Well, that's Rick. Rick Grimes. And I and I and I uh recognized and I recognized uh, Negan. Okay. Those are the only two people I recognized. So we're gonna oh, and Michonne. Michonne. And Michonne. And Michonne. One sixty three out of the Walking Dead conquered. Robert Kirkman, creator writer, Charlie Adler, penciler cover, Stefano Guardiano was the inker, Cliff Raborn did the gray tones, and Russ Wooten was the letterer. So this is a quarter. I understand why they did it. It's so not reader-friendly because we just came off The Whisperer War, which The Whispers, I cannot wait for them to be on the TV show. I love The Whispers. That, that's what got me reading The Walking Dead, back into reading The Walking Dead, I should say. I had stopped. For a very long time, I stopped. Um, so in this, we... The Whispers have set up this giant flood of walkers to take over the town. That's the people were at the end? Yes. The, the black guy, and he's like, it's going to be a fun show. And I was like, damn, what an asshole. Um, so they basically hoarded a whole bunch of zombies down Main Street to where their camp is, to where, to where their, their settlement is. And so all the zombies literally are just pressing themselves up against and smashing each other just to get them because they just are mindless automatons that just kind of walk and seek out brains. And like Michonne, and who's the other guy with the man bun with the sword? I don't remember. And he's trying to, they're trying to, to, to they're trying to pull them away from this because I guess they're, they're attracted to smells and loud noises, I guess. Loud noises especially. Yeah. yeah. So they're trying to get them to leave, but they break the perimeter and they get in and people are, and I guess some girl gets eaten, but she didn't seem to be likable because she looked, she sounded like she was not being fun. So one of the biggest things that happened in this book. <laughs> Negan, they give Negan a weapon. Negan saves Rick, which is, that was the thing. He's, so. Uh, what he says. He keeps saying, you know, um, you, you, are you going to trust me? When are you going to start trusting me? When are you going to start trusting me? Well, never because of what you've done. <laughs> Did he kill everybody? Or well, yeah, he killed a lot of people. He was the one that killed Glenn. Um, so, you know, Negan, they finally give him a weapon. Lucille died. He buried Lucille. Lucille was the bat and the bat broke and he had, he had a little, uh, in one of the issues before this, he, he laid Lucille to rest. And oh yeah, I remember that it. issue. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think though? Not I, having read it, you had no clue what was going no, on. No, I'm sorry, not a big thing. But but I'll tell you what I'm waiting for. Book I'm waiting for. What? Z Nation. They're making a comic out of it. Not <laughs> getting that book. Sorry everybody. I just don't get into Walking Dead. Z Nation's where it is, people. Z motherfucking Nation. Yeah, but you have to appreciate a black and white book and this art. For being a black and white book with the gray tones. Meh. Meh. Really. <laughs> All right there, mister. Uh, I, don't, I just, I never got it. Like, I seriously, I read the first graphic novel. I think I have the first issue somewhere in my, in my, in my, uh, because remember, I was, I'm a huge Robert Kirkman fan. So, but I just, one of the books I just could not get into was Walking Dead. Just couldn't get into it. I can't explain it. And I watched the first, uh, I watched the first couple episodes and I was just like, it's so, not for me. 
Sunday night, this past Sunday, they The Walking Dead returned to TV. Um, and shockingly, uh, it was a very slow episode. thought they were all slow. No. Usually someone dies or something <laughs> big happens in there when they come back. Nope. Um, the zombies, I thought zombies eating people. No, nom, 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 nothing? No. Stop talking heads? Well, you were bored to tears, sir. I was very bored for the first probably 20 minutes because it's it was just Rick going to the different communities talking. And I'm like, oh, come on. See, that's, I'm telling you, walking uh, Z Nation, someone would have been eaten. Someone would have been there. there someone would have been piked. Someone would have had sex with a zombie. Zombie would ate somebody. Come on now. We got to get in there. Got to get this action. They had one cool thing where Michonne and him. They were each in a car, and the zombies... So, this is the problem I have with TV, and this is... The zombies only walked in the middle. They didn't actually walk on the street. Are there any runners? No, they don't. Well, so, there's zombies that swim now, and there's zombies that can crawl. As long as they get a little bit, they can crawl out of things, but no, no runners yet. Mm. But they, they were in two cars on two sides of the street, and they... Just chopped everyone's head off. It was right out of Ghost Ship, really. Well, because I've always been under the ilk, or I've always thought that with zombies, zombies, there should be no reason why zombies shouldn't run. Number one, because it's always it, they should be as athletic or as because zombies want to eat. That's their thing, and if you can get to your prey for, faster, you're going to eat. You know, so that should be the thing. That's their motivating drive is to eat. And the, the only thing that should be stopping them is their rate of decay. So if you're a freshly dead zombie, you should be able to run, jump, sprint, get to your food. Point blank. How do you now, think, though, to jump? Well, just to get to it. Climb yeah. or just to get to your food. You know, that's what you're wanting to do. So the laws, the, but, the rules set up in the Walking Dead universe changes. That's my okay. one complaint with it. But that's the thing, though. Like, and then if you've been dead for a while, you start to decay because you're a dead body. Your cells don't regenerate, you know. So, so you would start to decay. So, the more decayed you would get, the harder it would be for you to move. Right. You that know, makes total sense. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if you were a fresh, fresh dead zombie, then you should be able to run and run to your food and eat it, you know. And then the people who like are like, you know, older or have been dead for a while, don't have all their ligaments and shit together, they'd have to crawl to it or whatever, you know? That's why I always liked the Fast Movie Zombies because it made more sense. That's always, that's always one of the things, you know, about, like, Walking Dead is I don't think any of them run or anything like that. They just kind of meander yeah. around. I'm thinking, so in, okay. the, in the first season, they made a mistake of a zombie trying a doorknob, which never would have happened. Yeah! And they they were quick to not show something like that again. Okay, so I mean. It's like zombies wouldn't try to open a door. No. But then, when they were swimming, or the problem I have with Fear the Walking Dead, which is a spin-off show, is when a tide comes at you, you fall over. Yeah, You're a zombies human shouldn't being. be able to do it. Yeah, and they were. And that, yeah. that was... That. See, but there was a scene of Z Nation in which the zombies just would walk into the water, and they would get bloated, and they would float. And then once they hit the shore, they would kind of like you know, dry out and then get up and start walking again. And I thought that's what they should do. So one of the things, you in know, this, in the latest uh, is they have a boat. They had to get to this boat. The zombie boat? Uh, it has, um, it it's, has supplies. Okay. And around it 
are these zombies? And it was, this was before the, the break. It, it really made no this sense. Is that they, the Walking Dead or? Regular. That oh, they regular. crawl up into boats. That no. they pull up. No. And it's like you, you. They'd be waterlogged. They, for this show, I feel like they just, they make it up as they go. Yeah. And there's, they, when you set your rules in your own continuity, you can't play with them. You've set the rules for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for, for following, you know, following us, you know, for this show. Uh, went a little longer because we're, we're experimenting with this long form because now, since we don't do them live anymore, we're able to talk a lot more about these things and go on these tangents. And, and we hope that you enjoy them uh, as much as we enjoy talking to you about this stuff. So, want to give our uh, special thanks to, to all people that helped make this possible. First being... Um, Gene Gilmet, he's the one, our, our artist that does all those issues, uh, those uh, pictures of Rich trying to kill me and all that stuff. It's fantastic. Thank you so much, Gene. You can check him out at uh, rltpress.com. You can also see him on uh, CBR or comicresources.com in their column, the line it is drawn. He is a featured artist. Also, if you're in the San Francisco area or if you go to his website, rlt rltpress.com, you can get a whole bunch of uh, prints that he that he has been uh, selling. One is a one of fan favorite is uh, is Trump being punched by uh, Luke Cage. So you can definitely check that out on his website. I want to give a special thanks to uh, um, Terry Miller. She is the mistress of the mix board. She's the one that does all those fantastic sounds you hear in front of all of our all of our episodes. So thank you so much, Terry Miller. I want to give a special thanks to our major sponsor, Whatever Comics, located at. 548 Castro Street uh, between where are we? 18th and 19th oh in sunny San Francisco. I saw I had a brain just blue brain fart. Uh, check us out on the web, uh, whateverstoreonline.com, and on Facebook under whatever store. Give us a like. Yeah, check us out. So, uh, again, if you want to join the conversation, go to Facebook, join the Facebook group, uh, The Geek Chat, and uh, geek out with us. So, again, I'm Desmond. I'm Rich. And we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. The Geek Chat.